Hello and welcome to another episode of the Burt's Books Podcast. It is a very cold Tuesday morning, the 18th of January, and I have just finished another book. So I thought, whilst I was waiting for the sun to move around and defrost my car, I would tell you about it. And I will, I'm going to tell you about it shortly, but first I promised you uh, an update, an announcement on the Shelf Life podcast. There is a new episode coming this week. If you don't know what uh, what the Shelf Life podcast is, every, uh, every now and then, it's not very regular, just every now and then, I speak to an author, mostly authors, sometimes illustrators, somebody from within the publishing industry, and I get them to tell me about the seven books that have changed or influenced their life in some way. Some people have likened it to Desert Island Discs. I couldn't possibly say, just in case they tried to sue me. I'm sure they wouldn't. They're lovely, lovely people. But yeah, a little bit like that, uh, and then we also talk about their book as we go along. So a new episode of that coming on Thursday of this week, um, so go to the Shelf Life podcast, search for it wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe, and as soon as it's available it will magically appear in your feed. But that is not the news. The news is that on Wednesday evening, uh, BBC Radio Wiltshire are going to be playing little mini bite-sized versions of the Shelf Life podcast. So for the next six weeks, I have picked out my favourite episodes and made 20-minute versions of them. And they will go out every Wednesday evening, just after nine o'clock. And you can listen to them uh, on BBC Radio Wiltshire. You can also listen to it on BBC Sounds. And I will be sending links, don't you worry. So if you feel like giving Shelf Life a go, but want a bit of a taster of what it's about first, then listen to BBC Wiltshire on Wednesday night. The first episode is um, a brief version of my uh, interview with Sarah Winman. The whole episode of that Sarah Winman episode is about an hour and a half long. She just was an amazing woman to speak to. I've managed to find 20 minutes or so that I really, really liked, um, and that will be going out Wednesday night. But enough about shelf life. I have come to tell you about a book that I have just finished reading. And that book is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. I will tell you all about it on the other side of this music. Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus has been on my to-read list and on my to-read shelf for quite some time. I was sent a copy of it late last year, maybe even sort of September-ish time, and it was uh, it was really lovingly sent. It had a lovely box, there were little test tubes with tea in them, and it was a really nice package. Unfortunately, I have to kind of try and read in an order, and this one isn't out until April, March of this year, so I'm still trying to catch up on which books uh, I can read so that I can get all the subscriptions done. So I wanted to read it, I've heard loads of good things, and I finally have caught up enough with my to-read pile that I could jump ahead a little bit and give it a read. Let me read you the blurb first. Scientist Elizabeth Zott knows exactly who she is. So when circumstances force her to become something she's not, the star of the TV cooking show Supper at Six, things don't go according to plan. 
Chemistry is change, she tells her restless audience of housewives, daring them to reconsider not just the dinner menu, but their own place in the world. That's because Elizabeth's show is not just about food. It's about life, faith, hope, and especially science, the very things that feed our minds as well as our bodies. But for all of Elizabeth's rousing words, she feels a deep loneliness, a missing ingredient in her own life that reveals her fear of being a permanent outsider. Will Elizabeth Zott ever fit in? More to the point, should she? So this is a funny book, and I mean that in a couple of ways. In that, yes, it is funny. It made me laugh out loud on a number of times, which, if you are a regular listener to the podcast, you will know is quite an unusual thing for me. I don't find funny books funny. When they're intentionally funny, I don't find them funny. I I can't be dealing with farce or slapstick in a book, which is unusual because I love it on the TV and in film. But what I like in a book is zingy one-liners, funny out of the normal, out of the everyday. So everyday things and the commentary on them, that makes me laugh. And that happened on a few times. The reason I'm saying this is funny is because this is set in America it's by Bonnie Garmus, who I think is American, but is living over here now. But it has a very Scandinavian feel to it. And uh, let me tell you what I mean by that. So, the likes of Frederick Backman, Jonas Jonasson, those books where there's sort of a, a lightness of touch to the story, a little bit of whimsy uh, in the narration. And that sort of air of coincidence that happens a lot in this country those sort of coincidences where where they just don't happen in real life are usually found in um sort of romance books and um but they don't but those books don't have the sense of necessarily the sense of narrative whimsy that these book this book does uh, I think I'm sort of getting myself confused as I talk about this. Because it is quite, a, an un, like I said, it's an unusual book. Um, what I mean by that sense of whimsy is that various points are narrated by Elizabeth Zott's dog, uh, who is called 630. The reason that she is, the dog is called 630 is that uh, the way that the dog came into her life is that she was walking home from work or from somewhere and this stray dog sort of decided to follow her home and when she was getting home her boyfriend uh sort of calvin he leant out the window and said to her who's the dog and uh elizabeth misunderstood or misheard and heard what's the time and so she looked at her watch and replied 6 30 and so that became the dog's name but then we get bits of the dog narrating this story. So we get things from his point of view about how he goes to the TV studios and because he senses that Elizabeth is in danger and things like that, how he refers to other people by the time at which they met. Uh, So it's very, like I say, odd. But the whole book isn't narrated by the dog. Most of it's done um, from Elizabeth's point of view. Few other bits from other people's points of view as well. Uh, It also kind of tells you where the book is going. So it starts out um, by telling us that Elizabeth Zott has a small child. Uh, She is a single mother. She is a host of a TV show called Supper at Six. And then it more or less says, but let me tell you how she got there. 
And then we get a, a bit of her backstory. And when I say a bit of her backstory, we're sort of nearly, I would say, two-thirds into the book when it finally catches up to where we were at the beginning. Uh, so you're kind of left thinking, well, what's, what's the plot here? Where is this book going? Because right at the beginning, it tells you, it gives you a point in time and says, this is where we are, let me tell you how we got here. And then you're expecting, well, okay, you'll tell me how we got there and then the story will start. But the story is about how she got there and then what she does from there. So uh, she meets this guy, Calvin, and we learn about him as the story goes on, about why he's not around for um, Elizabeth and their daughter, Mad, in sort of what I'm going to call the present day. Um, although I am saying present day, the present day in this story, the bit where it starts at, is around 1962. So we sort of see her during her 50s. It's, it's a time when women were very oppressed, uh, more so than they are now. And Elizabeth Zott is trying to fight against that. She is a scientist. She is a very intelligent woman. But she's forced out of her PhD because a man sexually assaulted her. She is belittled by her male colleagues, her male boss. Um, but she's constantly sort of trying to fight against that and be this tough person who can cope in the world that she's in. Um, for instance, at one point, she's uh, told there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a scientist. And she sort of bangs her fist on the table. I don't know if she actually does that, but in my head she does that. And says, I'm not trying to be a scientist. I am a scientist. Um, so she's just trying to get people to take her seriously. But they're constantly putting her down as a lab tech, uh, getting her to make the... Um, to make the coffee, she's objectified. At one point, there's a new lab coat made for her, and instead of her name being E Zot, it's uh, an E and a Z, which obviously in America would be read as E Z. So there's all these sort of sexual connotations made about her by her colleagues, and yeah, it's not very nice. But Elizabeth Zot is very forthright in who she is, what she wants to do. And that's why this TV show that she ends up on is ends up being a success, because she says it how it is, she says it how she wants it to be, she doesn't talk down to her audience, she is telling them what they could be, what they could make of their lives, and that although it's a cooking show, it's more than that, it's a chemistry show, it's, a, you know, it's telling, telling the audience about how... You know, if you have a, the right surface area of your ingredients, the flavour will infuse correctly. And she refers to uh, salt as hydrogen chloride or, or whatever the right term is. Um, she brings, talks about H2O and she inspires the women in this world to become not more than they are, to become what they are. So there's one woman who wants to be a heart surgeon and gave it all up to become a housewife, well, Elizabeth reignites that. So it's not about becoming more, it's about rediscovering yourself and, um, yeah, just being sort of true to yourself and not getting bogged down in sort of the, the, the intricacies of, of life and how the patriarchy insists that you should be. Now, I did something a bit unusual again I told you it's an unusual book 
and I did something a little bit unusual, and I folded down a corner of a page, which I very rarely do. I'm not precious, by the way, about uh, pages being folded down. If you want to do that, that's fine. You want to highlight it, that's fine. If you want to rip it out after you've read it and make it into an origami bird, go for it. I don't mind. It's your book. But the reason I don't do it is because I very rarely revisit sentences. But I did on this one because I wanted to just read a paragraph to you where um, somebody, oh, Harriet, uh, the neighbour, comes and comes over to see Elizabeth. Uh, and it's the first time they've properly met. Uh, and Elizabeth offers to make coffee. And this is the way that that is written. As Mrs Sloan watched, Elizabeth drifted to the stainless steel counter where she picked up a jug of distilled water and poured it into a flask, plugging the flask with a stopper outfitted with a tube wriggling from its top. Next, she clipped the flask onto one of two metal stands that stood between two Bunsen burners and stuck a strange metal gadget that sparked like flint-striking steel. A flame appeared. The water began to heap heat. Reaching up to a shelf, she grabbed a sack labelled C8H10N402, dumped some into a mortar, ground it with a pestle, overturned the resulting dirt-like substance onto a strange little scale, then dumped the scale's contents into a 6 by 6 inch piece of cheesecloth and tied the small bundle off. Stuffing the cheesecloth into a larger beaker, she attached it to the second metal stand, clamping the tube coming out of the first glass into the large beaker's bottom. As the water in the flask started to bubble, Mrs Sloane, her jaw practically on the floor, watched as the water forced its way up the tube and into the beaker. Soon, the smaller flask was almost empty, and Elizabeth shut off the Bunsen burner. She stirred the contents of the beaker with a glass rod. Then the brown liquid did the strangest thing. It rose up like a poltergeist and returned to the original flask. Cream and sugar, Elizabeth asked as she removed the stopper from the flask and started to pour. So that is an insight into how Elizabeth's mind works. And everybody who has this coffee that she makes looks at it with astonishment and then takes a sip and it's the best coffee they've ever had because Elizabeth understands chemistry. And that's all that, as far as she can see, that's all that life is, is the changing of some bonds and uh, sort of particles into other particles and changing the bonds of those into other things. So she kind of views life in a way very simply. But all of that means that she is a little socially outcast and therein lies our problem. Because she has a little girl, Mad, Madeline, and she wants to do right by her. She wants her to grow up to be a strong woman. She wants her to have all the chances that she didn't have. But she can't necessarily pass on those things. It's a book about... Um, it's a book about hope. It's a book about found family. Again, it's those sort of books that are doing well at the moment. But it's also a slightly hyper-realistic book. where One where all the good guys get happy ending, all the bad guys um, don't, and it just, it, it's nice to read that. It's, it's, I like those sort of books because it's just, like I say, it gives you hope that these things can happen. Um, and that's, again, why it's a bit like those Frederick Backman, Jonas Jameson type books. I think if you liked those, you will definitely love this. I think if you haven't tried those, then give this one a go because it is perhaps a little bit more relatable to our world 
than some of those might be, just purely because of its sort of setting in a, an English-speaking Western country. Um, but, I mean, if you like this and you haven't tried Anxious People, try Anxious People by Frederick Backman. We Are Animals by Tim Ewens, that's, a, that's sort of a British example of the genre. Um, give them all a go, but also pre-order Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. It's out in March. So that is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. It is a debut novel. It comes out in March. I think you're going to be seeing it uh, a lot. Uh, it might be everywhere when you come to uh, uh, late spring. So uh, pre-order it now, get ahead of the curve, find out what all the fuss is about. And obviously you can do that at birthsbooks.co.uk. That is everything for today's episode. My phone has reliably telling me that it is now only minus one outside. I think I might be waiting a long time for my car to defrost by itself, so I'm gonna have to go and do that myself. So I'm gonna head off and do that. If you would like to get in contact with me, you can email me, bert at birthsbooks.co.uk or find me on Twitter at birthsbooks. And finally, please do remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. That way you will never miss an episode. I am going to leave it there, so I will speak to you all very soon. Remember, keep reading.